We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is going on, Colts Nation, and welcome back to another episode of Bring the Juice, your guys, Cody and Derek, back for another episode, guys, and in today's episode, we wanted to talk about two games into the preseason, only short amount of time, Derek, until the regular season. Uh, there were some things that we wanted to talk about that we wanted to see from the Indianapolis Colts. You know, we kind of looked at all these different positions, and honestly, we could probably talk about each and every one of these positions if we wanted to. But we kind of narrowed it down to kind of six things that we've seen through preseason, training camp, things of that nature, things we want to see before week one of the 2022 season. So without further ado, let's get into it. Let's start by probably the most noted thing on the offense right now, that wide receiver battle outside of the top four. Or right now, number five and potentially number six, depending on how many of the Colts carry. You know, the question is, who are going to be those guys who are going to step it up, right? And we saw it in the preseason. Two guys did step up in Michael Strawn and Desmond Patman, who both had really, really good games with, with Sam Ellinger at quarterback. What are your thoughts on kind of this wide receiver position? Definitely a position that's been talked about a lot, been heavily debated. There's a bunch of different guys kind of going for this position. Give me your overall thoughts on it. Yeah, I mean, what you saw last week, especially against the Lions, you know, it it, it really does make a good argument for however many guys you want to keep on here. Michael Strawn having a spectacular game against the Detroit Lions. And then, of course, Desmond Patman having a phenomenal game against the Detroit Lions. So, you know, you really have a bunch of different guys here that you really could see making it. And it, you're right, it all depends on you know, what do they do with Hines? What exactly is the game plan moving forward? Because, you know, if you if you leave one of these guys on the practice squad, then you're running the uh, off chance of, you know, one of them potentially getting signed by another team. And if you keep seeing Strawn and Patman playing the way that they are, then, I mean, at some point, somebody might end up taking a chance on them. And, you know, I've seen Desmond Patman a little bit on special teams as well. So leads me more to think that he will end up making the wide receiver five because, you know, a bunch of these other wide receivers that we've mentioned, uh, a couple of wide receivers have been cut already. Uh, DJ Montgomery, Michael Young being uh, two of them. And I'm sure more will follow here in the next two weeks. But 
Uh, Patman, I think for sure at this point is a lock. If I'm going to be completely honest at this point, it's just a matter of whether or not we see Michael Strawn actually do it. And I think it's all going to come down to, you know, how does this next week work for him? Does he get some time in that next preseason game against Tampa Bay and continue to show more of what we've been seeing? Cause you know, we had the same topic last year, you know, about him uh, excelling in training camp and during the preseason, but just never got any time. It was always a healthy scratch. And here, could it possibly be the same thing? I don't know. But at this point, Michael Strawn is showing once again, he definitely deserves a shot. Absolutely. And then it's crazy. We're not even a week removed from him being off of the PUP list. And he's already been making a big impression. So, you know, the fact that really he had no time in this offense, you know, in the offseason to do anything. And he just comes back and just just lighting it up. I mean, that, that obviously speaks to just the talent that he has. And people seem to forget last year when Michael Strawn came in, he hadn't played football in over a year, right? He didn't play the year prior because I believe he opted out that year, if I'm not mistaken, or something of that nature. He didn't play for a year. So he still had a lot to learn. You know, I'm sure he grew a ton as a receiver. You know, he learned has learned a ton under Reggie Wayne, you know, this offseason and stuff. And so, look, I'm not saying that Michael Strawn's going to go out there and be the next Reggie Wayne or Marvin Harrison or anything like that. But I think you can't argue with what he's already started to do, you know, because he was already he was doing it what he was doing last year with literally no experience at the wide receiver level at the NFL, you know. And and so uh, that for me is just like, wow. I mean, if this dude can do that, just coming right off the PEP list, jumping in like he's hasn't missed a beat and make that kind of impression early on. I mean, I think for me, that's really worthy of, you know, getting that potential wide receiver five position because how much better can he get just being in this system a little bit, little bit longer, getting some more game reps and doing those things. You're right. The Tampa Bay game, I think, is going to be big for him and kind of seeing, okay, he's done it in a game. Can he do it again? You know, he, can he continue to stack on days, you know, in good games back to back? And if he can, I think he has a realistic opportunity to keep five, you know. And, and I think we talked about it before, Derek. Like, you know, we thought the Colts were going to keep five, you know, prior to the Ogletree injury. Now, without him, uh, potentially the Colts only keep three tight ends there, and maybe they keep six wide receivers. I could see that being a real scenario, especially now with Strawn starting to come on. So, all that to say, I'm really encouraged with what I've seen from him so far. And, you know, I'm hoping that he just continues to build on it because I really do think from a talent standpoint, he's got it there, man. He's got the size. He's got the speed. He's got he can do it all for you as a wide receiver. He's got the frame to be a, a really good NFL wide receiver and to box out guys. Right. And do those things that those big body wide receivers need to do. And now he has Reggie Wayne teaching him one of the best receivers ever. Like that's huge for me. So. Yeah, I'm really encouraged with what I've seen from Strawn so far and Patman. You know, a guy who's really been quiet in camp. We haven't heard a lot from him. But, yeah, he's really started to emerge, too. So, for both these wide receivers, I think I can clump them in the same category. They both showed out on Saturday. Can they do it again? Can they have great practices? The Colts get back to practice tomorrow. So, can they get back? And can they continue to just kind of stack days on each other, you know, and have good performances? If they can, I really see a scenario where the Colts end up keeping six wide receivers. and. Yeah, You know, especially with Patman playing special teams, I think that certainly helps his favor to make the final 53, man. We'll have to see what they do, though. That's the big question. How many do they keep? So I just honestly don't think you can risk losing Mike Strawn, like, to the practice squad and then him getting claimed by another and team. And then people you know? have been making that same argument with Sam Ellinger, right? We've been exactly. seeing what Sam Ellinger has been doing. And, you know, for as scarce as uh, quarterback talent is in the league, 
you know, when you see a guy like Sam Ellinger going out and doing what he's doing, and albeit against second and third stringers, but nevertheless, he's dominating second and third stringers right now. So, you know, you're at that point where it's like, how much longer do you think you can keep him in his spot before somebody might actually want to take a chance on him? Yep. And for me, I'm not personally ready to take that risk. So I think it it makes more sense to keep these guys on the roster than to risk, you know, them clearing waivers and things like that. Because if they're going to continue to do this, I, w- I would much rather just keep them on the roster and not risk in that chance of losing them. So, yeah, talking about the wide receiver position right now, I think those guys are five and six. However, that would look, I think certainly they're locked in there as those two guys that are competing for those spots. But let's continue talking about some offensive weapons. Primarily, I talked about Ogletree, the other young tight ends. Outside of Mo Ali Cox, there's a lot of unprovenness right now, Derek. Kylan Granson is your tight end two. And right now, Jelani Woods is your tight end three. Uh, so we didn't see anything from Jelani Woods on Saturday at all. He didn't get targeted, didn't make a catch, didn't make an impact. You know, and I, I kind of asked the question to Matt yesterday, how much of that do you think is Jelani Woods' fault versus how much do you think that was just kind of schemed up? I don't know. We don't know. We can never really say. but. All that to say, these young tight ends, I want to see more from them to, to elicit a little bit more confidence going into this year. What say you regarding this young tight end position outside of Mo? Yeah, I mean, and even with Mo, you know, people are still wanting to see more from Mo Ali Cox than what we have been seeing, you know, because his play right now is not going to be a uh, standard for what you want from your tight end group, right? So at the end of the day, you want to see the best from him, but. Uh, we haven't seen at his peak yet, at least what we think. And then obviously Kylan Granson only a couple years into the league now, and he's just trying to find his way. And you're right. We don't know anything about Jelani at this point. Like we have been seeing, we've been saying it that the Colts need to try to get him involved to see what his, what he, where he's at currently. And I mean, the fact that they didn't even attempt to get him involved in last Saturday's game might just be a wake-up call to all Colts fans saying that Jelani is just not there yet where the Colts thought he could be, at least yet. Uh, obviously, a long, long time for a career to get going around. I mean, there he definitely has, like you said, with Strawn, the physical attributes to be able to do uh, certain things. But obviously, putting it all together right now, Jelani is just nowhere close because apparently if you were, if he was anywhere close, he'd be getting more involved in the offense, the way that they're going right now. But right now, like he has not been the answer to anyone at all. So I don't know, you know, like it it does concern me with the fact that, you know, all of us had these high hopes of Jelani, maybe even being tight end number two, you know, behind Molly Cox this season and we have seen very little of Jelani Woods in the preseason at all so and by far and away has been the least contributing tight end in our entire tight end group I mean even Jacobson has been more utilized in this Colts offense through training camp and in preseason than Jelani Woods has so I'm questioning what his role is going to actually be if there's even a role for him at all when the season starts, because it just doesn't seem like somebody that's getting very little usage in preseason is going to be in any way used in our starting offense this year. So a lot of questions there when it comes to Jelani and the rest of this group. 
And I mean, there's been some people, and I don't blame them, who have said, you know, throwing around the idea of maybe signing a veteran tight end at this point, just because of the improvedness. It's a little bit scary, honestly. Like, do you need, you know, another veteran in there? Or do you believe in these guys? And do you take your lumps with these guys and you grow with these guys? You know, there's been debate back and forth on that. I'll leave that up to the comment section to kind of see what you guys think regarding the tight end position. But nonetheless, we need to see some more clearly from this young tight end room with or without Mo Ali Cox in it. So, all right, um, let's continue on talking about this offense. Kind of the last thing we want to talk about with this offense is the new guys, the new additions, the new starters, quote unquote, for this season. Left tackle Matt Pryor, who Frank Reich just named the starting left tackle for week one, and then right guard Danny Pinter. Both these guys have, it's just difficult to say for both these guys. Because at certain points, both these guys have looked solid. But at some points, both these guys have struggled as well. Uh, I don't know if I'd say underwhelming, but like I think we came to expect, especially with Danny Pinter, a little bit more from him, considering how well he played last year. And it seems like he's struggled so far. What are your thoughts on kind of some of these guys, these young, they both are pretty young, and new starters on this offensive line? Yeah, I think it's been, there's been enough to show that there is some room for concern in a way that, you know, not necessarily Matt Pryor because he's playing in an all new position. And the fact that, you know, he's going against guys like Yannick Ngakwe in practice. Uh, I think Matt Pryor is going to continuously get better as the season goes along. I'm not as entirely worried about that particular situation. I'm also a little bit more concerned with Danny Pinter at right guard uh been hearing that you know he he has not looked as good as what we have thought of him from last season we knew that he came in and uh replaced Ryan Kelly when he was out for a month and we ended up you know seeing Danny Pinter really shine right like he was doing really well and we thought oh well he's just going to continue to climb uh in that apparatus but even in like even when the Colts starters were in for the first week against Buffalo, you know, we couldn't run the football there. And then sure enough, like, I mean, even in the backups now, this isn't Danny Pinter's fault, but you know, even in the backups, the Colts still can't run the football. So it's become very concerning with the fact that this offensive line has not, not granted Jonathan Taylor's not running the football. So obviously how Jonathan Taylor runs with the football is going to be completely different when Indianapolis actually gets him out there for week one. The stats are probably going to change and how the offense looks is probably going to change a little bit because Jonathan Taylor is just that elite. But it it is a little concerning that, you know, you hear Danny Pinter getting blown up in the joint practices a few times by some of the uh, Lions defensive linemen. You know, he didn't look too great in the uh, game against Buffalo. So, you know, I just haven't seen any of that improvement that we thought we would see from him as he looked really good last season when he stepped in. And now you thought you were comfortable enough with him taking a starting role so far in preseason that has not looked the way that you wanted it to. So it is a little concerning and you hope that maybe it's just because he's relishing into a new role because he's never been a starter. He's always just been a guy that's been a, a backup that's now going to become a starter. More emphasis on him now. We hope it gets better because, you know, if him and Pryor are struggling, 
then this offensive line is going to have a lot of work to do. And maybe this is too premature and too crazy of me to say, but Derek, Will Fries has looked really good in the preseason. He's looked really good yes. in the games he's played. I get it. It's been against twos. But, like, if Danny Pinter would continue to struggle, would there be a potential, and if Will Fries continues to kill it, what if Will Fries becomes your right guard? You know, and Danny Pinter goes back to that reserve center role. Maybe that's a little bit premature, I admit. But, like, you know, all that to say, like, you know, is Danny Pinter a guy that more is like the, he's good as a key backup, but he's never going to be a good starter. You know, that I think that's kind of where Danny Pinter finds himself right now. And that's kind of the narrative around him is like, you know, he feel, he looked really good last year when he was asked to be the starter for a couple of weeks. But, you know, he always knew, and the Colts always knew, that he was going to eventually become the backup again, right? And so, you know, where's Danny Pinter stand as far as that goes? Um, and that's kind of the question I have. Is he, you know, more of that key, you know, guy that can fill in where need be? Or is he going to be, you know, ascend himself into a really good NFL starter? I think that's kind of the crossroads he's at right now. Yep. What's going on, everyone? Just wanted to take a quick moment to talk with you about Odds Trader. Odds Trader is a place to compare odds from all major sports books. You can also compare the different sign-up codes and promotions from sport books to get the best deal possible. Odds Trader allows you to make bets on almost every major sport. Some of the cool features that I enjoy about Odds Trader is the handicapping options they provide. You get live play-by-play updates. You get live scores and bet tracking on everything that you're doing on the app, player statistics, key game statistics. You even get projected game day weather reports as well. And another great thing about odds traders, you get bet tracker, which allows you to keep records of all your games and betting activities while you're on the site. I mean, how cool is that? If this is something that sounds like it intrigues you, make sure to go to oddstrader.com slash blue wire. Odds Trader, the number one site for all your game day bets. All right, let's uh, move over to the defense. Let's talk about, you talked about how bad the offensive line last week against the Lions looked. I mean, let's talk about the defensive line because they didn't look much better at stopping the run, Um, especially those young guys in the defensive interior. Again, guys, these were all the backups, but still, it is concerning because outside of your two starters, you hope some of these guys especially would shine against the Lions. And they really didn't. You know, guys like Curtis Brooks, you know, guys like Eric Johnson, you know, these guys that we really expected to have a really good games, they really didn't at all, Derek, especially against the run. Yeah, it, it was extremely saddening to see the fact that the Colts gave up 150 rushing yards to the Detroit Lions. Like, you know, I mean, like it, that is bad. And it really wasn't as much on the edge guys. I thought that obviously the edge guys didn't do a great job in at stopping the run, but they were certainly far from the biggest problem. And it was mainly the guys in the middle. And, you know, when we were talking about, I was seeing it right before my eyes. I just saw, you know, guys like Eric Johnson and Curtis Brooks and a couple other guys uh, in there uh, just getting absolutely just blown off their block off the block and then the linebackers would end up getting blocked at the second level and then the, the lions would get 10 15 yards every carry up to that point you know and there were several times also when you know unfortunately you know there were several times when there was some good chances for tackles for loss in the backfield and the corners coming off the edges couldn't make the tackles and ended up 
giving them a 15-yard run instead of a three-yard loss. You know, so that sort of stuff also comes into factor. But, you know, we were thinking of, you know, Eric Johnson, Curtis Brooks, RJ McIntosh, you know, a couple of these guys really stepping up in a big way to be able to provide some rest, some needed rest for DeForest Buckner and Grover Stewart this year. And what we're seeing from them right now, especially in the run defense category, it's not very uh, helpful right now. And it looks very concerning because, you know, if you're the, the Colts defense has already been known that they're taking more of an approach at rushing the passer, not stopping the run this year with the signings of Yannick Ngakwe and things of that nature. But what what the Colts are trying to do now, they're trying to get better at the rushing department, uh, at least from passing. But right now it's just not working in the run defense and it's looked bad for a couple weeks now. It did not look anywhere near that bad against Buffalo, but I mean, they looked atrocious against the Lions. And again, it's the backups, but Grover Stewart, DeForest Buckner and those boys, they need to rest at some point. Right now, I'm not feeling insanely confident in what our backups are showing right now to provide them any kind of rest because that rest is just going to cost us drives at this point, but just by the looks of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so what we want to see from them is a couple guys having some nice bounce back games, especially in the run department. Just want to feel a little bit more confident that like, you know, when, when Buckner or Grover Stewart goes out, you know, it's not going to be just getting blown off the line every play, you know, because these guys aren't going to be going against backups. They're going to be going against really good offensive lines, you know. And so I want to see just from that department, one or two of these guys really step it up here in week number three against Tampa Bay and really, you know, like have a nice rebound game, you know, look good in practice, do those things to instill a little bit more confidence in this defensive line room um, for the backups. So especially the interior. So definitely want to see that. Um, another thing I want to talk about here is the cornerback five position right now up in the air still um, really felt like, you know, there's been a couple guys that have that have looked good. You know, Dallas Flowers, obviously my guy, Tony Brown had a really nice game as well, had an interception, but you know, it's kind of seems like one, one week, one guy has a good game one week, another guy has a good game, but nobody's really stood out as the guy that's going to be the number five. You know, I thought it was going to be flowers and it ended up being Tony Brown. So like, it begs the question, maybe similar with the tight end room, Derek, do the Colts consider going and getting a veteran for that number five corner? What are your thoughts on this position battle? And what well, you I think that him? when it comes to the number five corner, uh, I thought that Dallas Flowers actually looked really good in the last game. I think that the number one corner that you saw uh, in the game against the Lions was Tony Brown, obviously, but I thought Dallas Flowers had some really good plays uh, had three straight tackles on one drive where he was just getting involved in everything. I still think Dallas Flowers is the man to beat. I still think he is, but obviously when you're talking about guys like Tony Brown and then you still have to consider Marvell Tell in the equation, you know, it definitely doesn't make it easy for him. But I mean, for the number five corner for me specifically, I still think Dallas Flowers is leading that uh, push right now. But in regards to this, I mean, it's it's anyone's game at this point. I, I really don't know who's in the lead, but I still like what I saw from Dallas Flowers. In my opinion, he's still the number five corner. You just want to see him take another step and clearly cement himself as a number five. Then I think you'd feel a lot better about it where it is right now, you know? So 
that's kind of just something for me. Um, and then talking about also the special teams, I think this kind of goes twofold with obviously the kicking battle. You know, we think it's not really a battle anymore. It's more hot rods. Can he just, you know, continue to, to, to be consistent and make with the, the, the kicks that he needs to make basically, but also on an, to a different degree, the kick coverage for the Colts this is surprising because they've usually been really stout. They have struggled the first couple of weeks of the preseason. What do you want to see from both these kind of positions within a position here, Derek, uh, regarding the special teams? Punt return has not been a concern for me, but obviously, like your kickoff coverage. I mean, the first two kickoffs that you gave to the Lions, their return team had 97 yards on their first two. And it wasn't just like, oh, the one was like an 80-yarder and the next one was a 15-yarder. No, this was each time, each one ran for over 45 y- over 40 yards. Like, that is not something you can continue to have happen. I know, again, backups, backups, whatever. But, I mean, the Colts pride themselves on special teams. And the fact that over like the span of all of this, like even against Buffalo had a couple kick returns that went past the 40 yard line. This is not Colts football, like on special teams. This is not what the Colts pride themselves on. And it's always very shocking to see them and something they take such pride in just struggle so bad. Like it was terrible to watch. I was like begging them to just almost begging, uh, us to just kick it out of bounds at that point. Cause if you kick it out of bounds, they would have had better. They wouldn't have had as good a field position. Like that's how bad it was getting. So like, it's definitely concerning because again, it's not the starters, but some of those guys will have to play special teams this year. And if that's what it's going to look like, this team is not, this team's not going to win games based off of giving up field position where the opposing team is starting at the 50 yard line every time. Absolutely. So guys, those are some things that we want to see kind of, you know, figured out or fixed or whatever it would be, or some guides emerging. Let us know your thoughts about all these different things in the comments below. That'll do it for this one, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Really appreciate all your support. And as always, guys, go Colts. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.